Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. In your mind's eye, I want you to imagine a school play. The subject is the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's an Easter theme, but that doesn't matter. Just imagine the scene, if you will. Six-year-olds are the performing actors. The teachers have done a good job with the scenery. There is a cross, bushes, rocks, and in the center, an object that looks like a cave. After the kids have acted out the crucifixion of Jesus and the disciples, so-called, have taken the body in order to bury it in the tomb provided by Joseph of Arimathea, they laid the child playing the part of Jesus in this cave. Being a play on stage, of course, the cave was visible to the audience all the time. The little girls playing the part of the women who attended the crucifixion are standing around the cave entrance and they cry and moan as best they could to portray the dismay and sadness at the death of their Lord. The music tempo increases. The message being communicated, of course, is urgency. Something important is about to happen. Those who know the story will realize that after three days in the tomb, Jesus came back from the dead. I don't know for sure how the teachers had intended to portray the resurrection event, an event of earth-shattering significance, an event that altered the course of history forever, the event that defeated the effects of the fall and death, hell and the grave. How would these little children communicate such a fantastic event? We'll never know because just when the crescendo was ready, the kid playing Jesus sat up in the cave and with a loud voice he cried out, Ready or not, here I come. Well, think about the source. This little boy, I presume, he must have changed the script that he was expected to say. Perhaps he invented the words that conveyed the story. Maybe he forgot his lines or maybe he was really coached. But he certainly knew the story. Ready or not, here I come. Unexpected. Jesus confounded the forces of nature when he rose from the dead. This little fellow's interpretation, in language that he and his peers would really appreciate, certainly tell the story from a kid's point of view. But you became a simple man You didn't have to serve the poor and afflicted But you touched and healed their brokenness No greater love has been given You became the ultimate sacrifice Created me the heart of a servant my soul desire. Show me 
how to love in the true meaning of the word. Teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return. I want to give my life away, becoming more like you each and every day. My words are not enough. Show me how to love. I saw a bruised and battered woman with her hungry children on the streets. Then I heard you ask in that still small voice, "What have you done for the least of these?" Lord, consume me with a burning fire that melts away my complacency. Then let me be moved with love and compassion that someone might find a way in me. Show me how to love in the true meaning of the word. Expecting nothing in return, I want to give my life away, becoming more like you each and every day. My words are not enough. Show me how to love. Open up my eyes that I might clearly see. Let my actions speak louder than my words. Oh, show me how to love in the true meaning of the word. Teach me to sacrifice, expecting nothing in return. I want to give my life away. Show me how to love. My words are not enough. Please show me how to love. Ready or not, here I come. The little boy's powers of interpretation sprang to life to shout the good news from the stage that was retelling the story of Jesus' crucifixion, death, and resurrection from the dead. Even though they had been told, the disciples were also quite surprised when news came of an empty tomb. Mary wanted to know where they had taken his body, not realizing at the time that it was even the resurrected Jesus that she was speaking to in the garden. In a real sense, they were not ready and waiting for him to return as he had promised them. 
but regardless of their readiness, the plan of God for the ages was going to unfold. At the appointed moment, the rock covering the entrance to the cave in which he was buried burst forth, and the Son of God walked out alive forevermore. He could have said at the moment of his resurrection, ready or not, here I come, because he did just that. And in a similar manner, he's promised to return to claim his bride, the church. We don't know when. He never told us, but he did promise to come back for us, ready or not. Two thousand years is a long time in human terms. We become preoccupied with things. We often lose sight of the target and our attention fades. Are we ready for the Lord to return? His eternal timetable is sure and steadfast. It will happen just as he said, when he decides it's the right time. I can almost imagine a voice from heaven saying, Ready or not, here I come. Will you be ready? Why would you, the God of greatness, simply love someone like me? And how could you, so pure and perfect, know my faults, yet meet my needs? I'll never know or understand just what you see in me My mind is amazed to think your plan includes me for eternity It must be
And now with his message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning into our program. Our prayer is that you will be blessed, challenged, and edified as we study the Word of God together. Our purpose and objective is to glorify God by an expositional proclamation of His Word in order that we might clearly understand what He is saying to us and then by His grace, be enabled by His Spirit to obey that Word. For the past several weeks, we have been studying the Bible's repeated prediction that the days in which we are now living will be characterized by pervasive religious deception. Jesus tells us, for instance, in Matthew chapter 7, that we can tell or discern who these wolves in sheep's clothing are by evaluating their fruits. He says very clearly, you shall know them by their fruits. Now, as we have seen in past messages, there are three specific ways we can do this. One is by testing or evaluating their doctrine. Is what they teach in keeping with the word of God? Or are they preaching their own ideas and philosophies and simply using the Bible as a guise in order to give a sense of authority to what they have to say themselves? A second way is by noting how they handle the Word of God. Do they twist and distort it to make it say what they want to say? Or do they handle it accurately as a result of careful study of the Word? As the Apostle Paul exhorts all preachers and pastors to do, and that is to handle the Word of God accurately. A third way to test a preacher who claims to be servant of Christ is to examine his or her character. Do they live what they preach? Do they love wealth and financial gain more than they love Christ and His Word? Do their moral life and overall character reflect the life and character of Jesus Christ? Or do their character and lifestyle reveal love for self, love for power, for fame and position, and love of personal gratification? However, That is only one side of the coin of deception that will be, and already is, manifesting itself in these days in which we live. Jesus says that we must be able to discern this pervasive deception and be able to confront and shield ourselves against it with wisdom that can only be gotten from a sound knowledge of the Word of God and enabled by the illumination of the Holy Spirit. The other side of this coin of deception has to do with the wholesale defection from the truth of the Word of God by professing Christians. In fact, it is such folks who will enable and empower the false teachers, preachers, and prophets to flourish so abundantly and pervasively in the times of the signs in which we now live. This side of the deception coin tells us that most of the people of this time will actually close their ears to sound doctrine and actually go looking for the teachers who distort the Word of God to their liking. Please listen to the Word of God on this issue. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, 
But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. That's 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. Notice carefully, people will not endure sound doctrine. Now that simply means that such folk will not be able to sit under the word of God when it is being preached and taught correctly. They will not be able to tolerate solid Bible teaching. This is not referring to a lack of sound teaching, mind you, but rather a lack of people who want to hear and listen to the word. God predicts such a time as this through the prophet Amos. Hear again the word of God, as prophesied by Amos. He says there will be a famine of hearing of the word of God. Amos 8.11 Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. People will stagger from sea to sea and from the north and even to the east. They will go to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Now look at verse 12. People will stagger from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They will go to and from to seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Now please hear and heed very carefully what God is saying and doing here according to the prophet Amos. God is saying two things. First, there will be a famine, not of bread and water, that is not physical, but of hearing the word of the Lord. Now the emphasis is on hearing. In other words, there will be a time when it will be hard to find people who want to hear the word of God. So such folk may turn up at church, but they will only be content with music, singing, and a 20 or 30 minute message from the word of God. I call this spiritual fast food that does not nourish or satisfy the soul. They will not be able to endure solid food the apostle says. They will not be able to handle it. But secondly, there will also be a hard time finding preachers who do in fact teach and preach sound doctrine. Notice what God says. People will stagger from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They will go to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. So in these days, the days in which we are now living, not only will there be a famine, a shortage of those who really want to hear the preaching of sound doctrine, but you will also have a shortage of those who actually preach sound doctrine. God predicted this long ago, and it is coming to fruition in our time. Now, but don't let's miss an important truth in this prophecy by Amos. It also tells us that this condition is a judgment from God. The text says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. In other words, God will send this famine of hearing and preaching the word as a form of judgment upon a people who show by their actions that they do not want the true teaching of the word of God. In other words, as he always does, God will judge such people by giving them what they want. Because choosing other than what God wants for us always leads to judgment. Because by doing so, we reject God out of our lives. And to live without him is always to be in a state of judgment. 
as Paul clearly explains in Romans chapter 1, where he says three times that God gave up those who rejected him to their own ways. And it is always the result of a deliberate choice on our part. It's something that we choose to do. Listen carefully once more to the Apostle Paul. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. They will save up these false teachers even as we save off money in banks. Now this is exactly what Amos predicted and what I contend is happening right now in this time of the signs in which we are living. Paul says people will seek out teachers whom they know don't preach the truth but they do preach what they want to hear. They will sit for hours under such preaching but will not be able to endure 40 or 45 minutes listening to a preacher who is preaching the pure, unadulterated word of God. Their passions or desires are not fulfilled with hearing sound doctrine. It's only fulfilled when they hear the myths and stories concocted by men and women who distort and twist the word of God to their own liking for their own personal gain. Paul says that these folks will accumulate false teachers. They will save them up. In other words, one is not enough for such folk. So they will go from one preacher to another. They will click from one TV station to another, looking for the teacher who gives them what they are looking for to satisfy their carnal desires, rather than for what God wants them to have and what will satisfy the longing and needs of the soul. They have come to love what I call spiritual junk food rather than the pure milk and the heavy meat of the Word of God. Friends, this is the spiritual state God warns us of repeatedly and throughout the Scriptures. He warns us again and again. He tells us to beware of these days and these preachers. Living in these times of the signs, we must be discerning and willing to examine ourselves against our attitude toward the Word of God. Let me repeat that. We must be discerning and willing to examine ourselves against our attitude toward the Word of God. Do you endure listening the Word of God accurately proclaimed by a true servant and message of Jesus Christ? Or have you turned aside from doing so because of your desire to hear wolves in sheep's clothing and messengers of darkness dressed as messengers of light as the apostle describes such deceivers. Jesus makes a profound and telling statement in this regard when he says in John chapter 10, please again hear his words carefully. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, notice carefully now, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they, listen now, they know his voice. 
You see, in other words, the person who really knows Christ hears the voice of Christ in the words being preached. Notice now, a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. That's John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. Now, the tense of the word here in this passage indicates that the true child of God continually listens to the words of Jesus Christ and will flee from rather than seek after those who do not proclaim the faith as it is once and for all delivered to the saints. In other words, true saints of God will hear the word of God and continually hear that on an ongoing basis. They will not turn away from it. My friends, this is an important, important issue we are dealing with. I'll come back to it in detail next time. But may the Spirit of God help all of us to discern the voice of God in the midst of the multitude of strangers who are crying out for us to follow them rather than our blessed Savior. As always, this is Pastor Lee saying, Sila, think and act on these things. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. Great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground and not toiling will be happen in a moment Jesus Christ could come again